Welcome to Southport Gab, where we are creating unity through stories. My name is Stacy Anderson, and I have my co-host here with me, Mitzi Peterson. Hey guys. So today we have a very special guest. His name is George Carter. He is a longtime family friend of Ed and Alta Pay, and we feel honored that he took the time to speak with us. So just a little info on George. He was born next door from where he lives now in Provo. He built his house before he got married and still lives in it today. And as a matter of fact, he just recently turned 88 years old. George and Ed met in elementary school. Ed was in first grade and George was in third grade. And even though there was an age difference, they spent a lot of time together. They were all farmers, went to school together, church together, and pretty much did everything together. George and his friend's favorite mode of transportation were on bikes and horses. George's family owned five horses, and they would all pile on on bareback. He said they could easily fit three kids to a horse. They would all meet up after their chores were done every day. He recalls always being on the hunt for a stick so that they could make a big circle in the dirt and start shooting marbles in the road. When cars or horses were coming down the road, the kids never had to move because the cars or buggies would go around them. They also loved playing hide-and-seek, kick the can, anti-eye-over, run, sheepy run, hopscotch, and jump rope. So we also asked George if he had any inventions that changed his life. And he told us that uh, tractors were something that changed his life forever in farming. For example, what used to take uh, three to five horses um, a month to do to plow a field with a tractor, it only took half of a day. And back then, a tractor cost about $1,000, and now it costs about $50,000 for a tractor. He also shared that how busy it's gotten in Provo since he was young. For example, he would sit on the porch for just an hour. He would see 300 cars pass by today. Whereas when he was younger, he could go all day without seeing a car pass by. It was amazing to talk to George and just to see how much has changed over the years. So just as a side note, it was a wild ride trying to get this recording and it's a little less than perfect. The volume is kind of all over the place, but we just had a normal, candid conversation with him, and so I hope you guys can still enjoy uh, this conversation, and I hope you'll take the time to listen. Near the end, George gives an unprompted tribute to the family and also shares some really wise advice, so we hope you'll be able to connect with Ed and Alta through their good friend, George Carter. Can you tell us a little bit about his uh, military career? Do you know very much about it? Well, all, all it was, his military career was National Guard. He okay. was uh, he was in the, the Army, the Navy, Air Force, or Marines. He wasn't in any different services. He was in the National Guard, and it was here in Utah his whole life. Okay. As far as I know, that's all he did was the National Guard, and it was good because there was a lot of, a lot of guys was in the National Guard for several years to fill out their services, you know. But Ed stayed in there and took care of all them guys for years. They'd be in there for two, three years or what, and they'd get out and go get regular jobs and stuff, you know. And Ed stayed in the National Guard. That's what he did. He was an officer in there. You had said that, um, that he made a really good officer. What kind of traits did he have that made him a good officer? Well, he... He knew how to handle all them there. Many that went in the National Guard just as a regular army service, you know. But, but what he was, 
to be when you went into the private, you know, when you first do, do it, you go into the private, and then corporal, sergeant, on up, you know, but he got in and he got to be an officer as a lieutenant and a major and colonel, and he got up to some colonel. He was a high officer, colonel was what he was in the National Guard. He was in there for a lot of years. I don't know how many years, but there were a lot of years he was in the National Guard. And he was one of the highest officers in the National Guard. He was, I mean, he was quite the man. But that was his service, was in the National Guard, but he was a, I think it was a lieutenant colonel or something like that is what he was. That never left the United States. He was always right here in Utah. Mm. That's what his time was, as training guys in the National Guard here in Utah. Well, thank you for your service. We, we very much yeah. appreciate you. He, we we always, always did our part, you know. The first kids, when we was growing up, I think he was he's either one or two years younger than I was, Ed was. But the guys that we run around together with and played with and horsed around and did stuff, there was uh, Bill Hinckley and Mike Hinckley and Ed Pay and myself. So when did, how old were you when you guys met? Well, when we was about seven or eight years old when we started going to school up at the Franklin School. Oh, okay. We was, in, we was in school together. And on weekends and days off, when we wasn't working on our farm and stuff, uh, Ed didn't have a farm, his family. He had some ground there, but not very much, you know, and, and it wasn't. It was a very good farm. It's still there. The full city owns it all now. It's north of the airport there. I used to go five acres of taters and three or four acres of pumpkins and sweet corn and all kinds of stuff. I had that for years and years. I remember going to the pumpkin patch at your house and picking out pumpkins with Grandma Alta. Uh, I did that for 30 years, had pumpkins. I was wondering if you could tell us about the story when uh, my grandpa Ed got in the car accident. Okay, we just, there's a lane that runs from the airport road clear back water where the church farm used to be. Runs right through Marion, by Marion's house and Marion's brother's house, Mike Hinckley's dad's house. There's a lane and it's still there. But anyhow, this one winter we was down there, there was, there was your grandpa Ed. Mike Hinckley, Phil Hinckley, and myself. And Mike Hinckley had this old car with no body on it. It was just a framing out the motor and everything, you know, and a hot rod like thing. And we had a big long rope and we had a hood off of the car. So we went way down the, in the fields where a great big hay, hay field was, you know, and it was a foot of snow or so on it. And Mike and Ed would be in the car frame there, you know, and the old Mike Hank, and we had this boat tied on with the car hood on it, and me and Phil would be on the car hood, he'd get going, and he'd start turning a circle, you know, and the car going fast, we'd just be whipping around out there on that car, and he was trying to throw us off, you know, never could, but he tried, we just used to have time, and we'd take turns, everybody on the car hood, you know, sleigh ride, right, you know, we had a heck of a 
did that for an hour or two down in the fields, then we come home up in, up in the Marius house down in, and we had the whole car on the back of the car, and we went up that lane up to Mike Hinckley's dad's place there. His name was Claude Hinckley, Marius' brother. Anyhow, we took the rope and the hood off, we stand there, Mike says, come on, get on, we're going to ride up to the church farm and back. Up this little road, it was a, on the north side, it was a great big deep irrigation ditch. On the south side, there was a barbed wire fence, and then just a small ditch on the other side of it. And I said, well, I'm not going up that bridge yet. Phil says, I'm not either. So Mike and uh, Ed, your grandpa, took off up that lane, just going like a bat out of heck, you know, and he got up to the church farm, and they were doing circles up there at that car. Mike was acting like an idiot. All of a sudden, they took sailing back down that road, and the car bounced, went to the left, and went through that barbed wire fence into that ditch. And the car was wide open and just ripping and tearing the hell out of your dad. Mike had that, that steering wheel in front of him, and he was ducking down behind the barbed wire, was ripping across the car, you know. And Ed was just catching all that barbed wire. It was just cutting the hell out of him everywhere. Anyhow, the car stopped, and boy, Ed was just cut around his neck and across his back and all over his body, and he was bleeding like everything, you know. And I got, I had a couple of big handkerchiefs in the back of my overalls, and I pulled them up. I was had Ed in my arm as I was holding, trying to get the blood to stop. And Phil took off running down the lane as hard as he could to his dad's place, jumped in his dad's car, and come up that lane, and we got. Your grandpa in the back seat and shut the door, and we got Mike in the front seat was filled, and they took off the three of them for the hospital. And I just stood there in the lane. I didn't have room to get in there, but all those sick two of them just bleeding like crazy. You know, boy, I mean, they was cut up really bad without barbed wire. Phil, he finally got into the hospital, and they took care of him. Your, your grandpa was in there probably for a week or more in the hospital, but boy, he was really ripped up. I don't, did you ever see scars all over his body, that? No, I never did. You never did see them. It was really no. bad. He wore them scars forever. But we was in, well, we did a lot of things. Down the boys, catfishing, duck hunting, goose hunting, and did all them kinds of things with each other, you know. We rode horses all over down the fields, and we went down in, our, in my pasture by my farm, quite about a mile east from the airport there. And down in our pasture, we had all of our cows every day. Well, there was a big creek called Big Dry Creek to run through it. So we had a great big deep hole that we had dug with a horse and a big scraper. We had had a real nice swimming hole. We could dive in and everything, you know. And we'd be working in the field, hoeing weeds and taking care of our farm or do like we could. And then about noon, we'd jump on a horse or, or just run down through the pasture and drop all the clothes off and dive in that creek and swim for a, a half hour or so. And then we'd go back to work. But we all swim naked down there. Naked swim. <laughs> it was pretty, pretty good. And that's on 1600 West. Where the uh, 1600 West ended at the creek, and uh, 
the girls had us put in whole layers, but they always wore swimsuits. <laughs> Anyhow, one day, one day, we ended up working in the fields, and all of us guys got together to go down and swim. We'd come down to the pasture, we'd also was ride horses, and got down there, and all the girls was in our swimming hole. And some, uh -oh. some woman, some woman, an older lady was their supervisor, and I, you know, and they was in you know, the boys' swimming hole. And most of them were half-naked sitting on, we, we just sit on our horses and told them they had to get out of our swimming pool. That woman says, well, we want this swimming pool because it's better than one we got. We says, well, that's it's too bad. This is a boys' swimming pool here, and we we made this big, deep hole for us to swim in. And uh, you have about two minutes to, oh, if you get the hell out of our pasture, because it was the Carter's pasture, you know. So I, I just told you, you've got to get out of here. If you don't, you're going to be swimming with a whole bunch of naked boys. <laughs> you, ought see, you ought to see the girls take off to the east. Get out of the fence before they got through the barbed wire fence to get out of there. We was all naked then swim pool. Hell, we used to have a lot of fun doing that swimming and just did all kinds of things together as kids, you know. Ed, Ed was one of us, you know. We had a lot of fun together. But, yeah, it's just, good memories. We had a lot of good memories, did a lot of good things together, went to school together and everything, you know. And, and uh, you know, I graduated before they did because I think I was two years older then. And we had a lot of fun down there and a good life. When Ed got older than that, He's retired. I ret I spent 35 years in the post office and retired. But anyhow, I was retired, and Ed got sick, and he had to have uh, his blood cleaned about every third day, you know. Uh -huh. Did you yeah. know about that? Uh -huh. and, yeah, he uh, had to go to dialysis for his, um, for his yeah, clean he out his kidney. He went to the hospital every third day to have it done. Alpha called me one day and wanted to know if I could take care of the, get his blood clean. I said, sure. So I got him, taken to the hospital. It takes about three hours or so to do that, you know, for I went quite a few times with him on the altar and somebody else couldn't take him. And I'd take him to the hospital and watch him get his blood clean tonight, you know. And that day he felt like hell, and then the next day he felt pretty good. And then the third day he was really bad again, so we had to go get his blood, ask him to get his blood cleaned again. And we did that for... He did that for quite a long time. And then one day, Ed bought Alta a new car. And, uh, of course, they were still going to get his blood cleaned. One day, Ed and Alta pulled into my driveway and honked that, so I went out there and Ed says, Well, George, you know, I've got Alta a new car here, but I'm not going to be able to see it very long because today is the last day. I'm going to the hospital. I said, Ed, if you don't go, you know what's going to happen. Do he says, yes, in three days I'll be dead. And we hugged each other. And I still remember that, and I'll never forget it. And all that within two more days, Ed would be gone. Oh, that was, that was probably really, really hard. Ed was, Ed was uh, one of the neatest guys to do things with him that, you know, he was, he was an honest person. I really loved to be around Ed. He, 
we had a lot of fun together. We did a lot of schooling together and everything else, you know, and played lots of games and stuff. Hunted pheasants and ducks and geese down here and fish catfish and did all them things all together and had a lot of fun. Ed and Alta didn't have a garden or anything. They couldn't, and I had all kinds of garden stuff. And Alta would come and get all kinds of things out of my garden. And I, you know, I let her have all, all the garden stuff she wanted for quite a few years. Of course, Alta and them was out on, out on, uh, uh, going to Springville, you know. That's where they lived, was out there, where the Gileses lived. And they, they went to Joaquin and went to Fair Junior High. Then when they went to high school, they went to Provo High. Us guys in the West End of Provo, we went to the Franklin uh, grade school and the Dixon Junior High and then Provo High. That's how the two different sides of town met was for the 10th, 11th, and 12th grade. And so out and all her people on the east side, the first six years or seven years, Eight, oh, nine years, nine years. Went to schools over there, and we went to schools on the west side here. I love you kids. Yeah. You've always been the best of friends, of course, Don and, and Ben and uh, your dad and all of them. They was, they were just part of my family, like, you know. We always was together all the time and had a good time and they're gone now because their house has been sold and Provo City owns it, you know. And well, we, we I, really appreciate you, George, and taking the time to be with us. Well, it's wonderful. You guys are just, you're just part of my extended family, whether you like it or not, you are. <laughs> <laughs> we have been so close with your mom and dad for all their married life and them. We've always been good friends for all that time. Well, we, we sure do love you, too, George. We appreciate you even coming on with us and talking well, to us. And I, we have good memories at your house. Yeah, well, we had a lot of good memories and a lot of fun our whole life. Even after we was all married, we still did things together every once in a while, you know. We went out, yeah. We went out with Ed and Alton to dinner and several times, you know. All of us are still alive except your grandpa. Wow. Well, you guys are doing good then. Yeah, we're doing real good. We're doing doing fine, yeah. Life is wonderful. It's getting shorter. We're not going to be here forever. Well, that's why we're glad we can talk today. I'm sure glad you kids are growing up and got a good life. Do Do you still go to church? We hope you enjoyed today's episode as we reminisced with George about his childhood with Ed. 
We are so grateful for all of your support and encouragement you have given Mitzi and I to keep making these episodes, and we hope you will join us next time. And remember, we each have a story. Come discover yours.